0: Hey, hey, this is Lizzie with Love Day Coaching. And this podcast is about you. Yes, you. Every week, there's a brief message with a series of questions to help you hear yourself. We spend so much time listening to what other people say and watching what other people do. This space is a few minutes for you to step outside of what other people say and do. Figure out what you need to say or do to flourish and thrive. This is about you. Hey, hey there, it's me Lizzie here again. Before we get this party started, I want to mention a project I have going on. I've been developing an online group coaching course to get you energized. I'm really excited about this project because of the potential it has to help you. I'm designing this for those of you who feel stuck, tired, unmotivated, and burned out on all the demands coming at you. It will be a personalized opportunity for you to find the deep-rooted motivation, energy, and peace you have been craving. If you're interested in learning more about it, send me an email. The email is lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, at lovedaycoaching.com. It's lizzie at lovedaycoaching.com. You can email me with questions, or you can click the link in the show notes to get on my email list for more information as it develops. Now, let's get on with it. Last week on the podcast, we discussed moving forward by identifying imbalances between rest and movement. Balancing these states can help reduce inner chaos allowing room for creative problem solving. This balance conserves energy for meaningful productivity. You can find out more details about that in episode number six. More energy for meaningful productivity sounds nice, right? The problem is that meaningful work generally requires effort, even if it involves sitting still. That requires effort too. Our brains need to be pushed to expand and learn. Unfortunately, we tend to prefer the path of least resistance. We are programmed to gravitate towards what is easiest, which is not really surprising in this era of fast and easy living. Perhaps we've adopted a cultural belief that things should come easy and she'll look perfect, or maybe it's a scarcity belief that's been passed down from our ancestors from conserving energy. Either way, it's not major news that we tend to favor what is easiest. This week, I was driving my son to school and we noticed many kids riding e-bikes instead of regular bikes. There's a lot of them around here. We were sitting in our car criticizing them for not riding a regular bike. We were forgetting that we too tend to gravitate towards what's easiest. After all, we were the ones in the car. Meaningful work is often challenging and it is also energizing. It expands and fulfills us. We need to recognize what is meaningful to us to feel energized. We often lose touch with meaning in what we're doing when we go through the motions without nurturing the thoughts and beliefs that support why we keep showing up. This is a recipe for burnout because we start to feel powerless and exhausted in the face of challenging work. Today, I invite you to hear yourself when it comes to meaningful productivity. Begin by examining the things you are committed to, and you, my friend, will tap into meaning. What are you committed to? I read this fabulous book by David Brooks called The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life. And in this book, he said something that caused me to stop. It's, he said, a commitment is making a promise to do something without expecting a return. I read that and I just stopped in my tracks because I have been living in a results based culture that values returns and guarantees. I thought, hey, wait a sec. Am I even committed to anything then? Because there are plenty of things I believe I'm committed to and results are what I want from them, right? That's how we work. When it comes to true commitment, I think David Brooks is on to something with that statement. If you remove expectations, which is really challenging to do, if you remove expectations, what are you still showing up for? get curious about this in your life expectations are woven into every relationship and experience what are the things you are willing to adjust your expectations for when things don't go perfect perfectly will you keep showing up for example you eat healthy and don't lose the weight you hoped you would and You keep eating healthy. You show up to work and there is one roadblock after another, and you show up again tomorrow. Your spouse doesn't respond the way you envisioned that you think he or she should, and you still show up in the relationship. When it comes to commitment, there is a thread I have noticed it is consistency and imperfection. Think for a moment. How do you know someone is committed to you? How do you know that someone is committed to you? What do they do? How do they show this? Well, for me, they listen, they forgive, they're teachable. They show up consistently. They don't Show up perfectly, but they show up consistently. Even if I disappoint sometimes and their expectations need to be adjusted, they consistently show up. When someone is committed to you, what does that look like and feel like? When I think about how that feels to me, commitment feels grounding. It has the power to calm, to calm me in the face of difficult circumstances. A key to commitment is consistency, not perfection. Often we demand perfection of our commitments. When it doesn't look perfect, then we jump ship. We don't forget. I mean, we don't forgive. We hold a grudge. We define it as a failure. We retreat, we don't show up as much, or we give up and stop showing up at all. An example of where this could show up is in a marriage. Has this happened to you? When it gets uncomfortable, or we feel disappointed because it isn't matching our expectations, then we retreat, we share less, we hold grudges, we start focusing on why our spouse or our relationship has failed. Another example is with eating healthy. We might expect ourselves to always eat healthy and stop liking anything that is sweet, meaty, processed, cheesy. And we tell ourselves we're committed to this. Then we face a situation where those things actually are tempting and they do taste good. And we go rogue, if you know what I mean. We go rogue. And we do this yo-yo diet thing where we we act like we're committed, we say we're committed, we stop altogether, and then when things don't go just as planned, then we totally back off. We discipline ourselves for a while, we don't see the results we hope for, and we stop showing up. We're less consistent. We believe we've failed, and well, we do, because we lack real commitment. True commitment requires consistency and a willing to show up without expectations. It's leaning in when things are not easy, forgiving when things don't work out just as planned, showing up imperfectly over and over again. We do this because there is a deep belief within us, that what we are doing really matters to us. It's a thread within the canvas of our lives that we don't want to remove because it adds value and purpose to what we're doing and who we are. Ask yourself some questions about commitment and you will find the threads of meaning that are there. Questions for today. Are you ready? Get ready to write these down. Answer them for yourselves. Number one, when was a time in your life that you look back and think, wow, I was committed? Think back in your life. When was a time in your life when you were committed? Time in the past, I look back and I think, oh, yeah, I was committed. It was in high school. I was really committed to getting good grades. There's was something I was really focused on in high school. Number two, what or who were you committed to? Well, the example with me in high school getting good grades, I was committed to learning and performing well. Number three, how did you demonstrate that commitment? What did you do or not do? Well, in that example for me in high school, I spent time studying instead of watching TV. I asked for help. I showed up for a tutor. I planned my days to get the tasks done. I kept showing up. Number four, why were you committed? Well, why was I committed to getting good grades? My friends were focused on getting good grades. My parents saw it as valuable. I wanted to get into a good college. Remember, you're answering these for yourself. When was the time you were committed? What or who were you committed to? How did you demonstrate that commitment? What did you do? What did you not do? And then the last one, question four, is why were you committed? For me, I was committed Because my friends were focused on getting good grades. My parents saw it was valuable and I wanted to get into a good college. Number five, well, why was having that important to you? Those things that you just listed, why were they important to you? Dive a little deeper. Identify why you were committed and then why was having that experience important to you? As I dove a little deeper into my example, I thought, well, the fact that my friends were focused on good grades, my parents thought it was as valuable, I, it was important to me because I was getting acceptance and belonging from my friends, and I was finding a sense of competition with them as well, which is pleasing. I was also pleasing my parents, and it felt like an expression of gratitude to them for all they did for me. And I really wanted to be valuable and useful. I wanted to see what I could do. So, what is that for you? Why were these things important to you? Number six, what did you really want and need from this commitment? So, now we dive a little deeper. I wanted to be needed, respected, and have something to contribute. I wanted confidence and belonging. I wanted to express love and gratitude to my parents. What was it for you in your circumstance? What did you really want and need from your commitment? Number seven, what did you, or what belief did you have about this commitment that made it important? Think about what you were believing. So you were committed. What did you believe inside? In my example, I believed it would enrich my life and add value to myself as a human being who wanted to contribute. Number eight, who or what are you committed to right now? So you've thought of this in the past. What were the elements of that commitment in the past? Think about where you are right now. Who or what are you committed to right now? can go through those same questions and the first one as well question number nine though is if people were to observe you being committed to this what would they see you doing so identify what you think you're committed to right now and then what would people observe you doing what would they see you doing to know that you're committed to this then question number 10 is, are you really committed to this or are you just interested in this? And that's an important question to ask. Are you really committed or are you just interested? Distinguish that. Number 11, if someone were to spy on you every day, what would they say you are committed to? Number 12, who or what do you adjust your expectations for the most and why? When are you most likely to adjust your expectations? Who is that for? Or what is that for? Those are the questions for today. I hope that they can help you understand a little bit more about commitment in your life in the past and right now. If you wrote the answers down, I'm sending big funky dance moves in your direction. If not, I hope the answers are in your mind and your heart. Look at your answers and you will see themes about what is meaningful to you. Looking at my example, I discovered getting good grades was more than just getting into college for me. It was meaningful because it enriched my life, brought a sense of belonging, helped me see what I was capable of, and it was an expression of gratitude. Look at the things you are committed to right now and see what those themes are for you chances are you will see threads of meaning through those commitments, things that you can focus on. Consistent and imperfect action rooted in purpose is meaningful productivity. When we know what we are committed to, there is less negative chatter in the back of our minds when things aren't easy. Let's the power of commitment bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. In a book that I love called Return to Love, it, the author Marianne Williamson says this, it is not our credentials, but our commitment to a higher purpose that creates our effectiveness in the world. Our commitment to a higher purpose that creates our effectiveness in the world. Now, get curious, my friend, about commitment in your life. Let your commitments teach you about what really matters to you. I just want to say that it matters that you're listening to this. It matters to me. But most importantly, I hope it matters to you. This, my friend, is about you.